In my last article and podcast, Could Mold Be Affecting You?, I discussed the most frequent symptoms of mold exposure and the resulting mold toxicity, and I offered a roadmap for how to know if you should consider doing mold testing on yourself. Today, I'm going to dive into the best tests to use for that and what they can tell us. Welcome to episode 54 of Ask Dr. Emily, a podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of holistic health. We talk about the most common root causes of various health issues and holistic ways of addressing them, and we discuss the most effective and doable steps you can start taking today to improve and optimize your health. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and tools to inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. Now, the necessary disclaimers, the content of this podcast is meant for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice, nor does it establish a patient-doctor relationship. Please seek guidance from your healthcare provider before making changes to your healthcare or dietary regimen. Now, in my clinical experience, the most effective and accurate way to assess if mold is affecting your body and your health is to do a combination of two tests, Great Plains Labs, organic acids test, and the mycotox test. So let's talk first about the organic acids test, otherwise known as the OAT This comprehensive and informative test measures 76 different markers, providing in-depth information on your whole system, including several markers that can indicate exposure to mold and the degree to which this exposure is affecting you. The OAT also gives us loads of other helpful information, including the health of your gut microbiome, your vitamin B, C, D, and mineral status, how well you're handling the digestion and utilization of macronutrients, fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, how well you are producing energy, meaning how good is your mitochondrial function, your neurotransmitter balance, and much more. The oat is an excellent starting place if you suspect mold is affecting you, and it is also very useful for anyone wishing to get more concrete, measurable information on how to customize your efforts towards optimizing overall health. For more information on the oat, including a sample report you can check out, uh, and, and if you want to order the oat for yourself, can visit dremilyfranklin.com slash shop and go to the lab tests section. You'll find the oat test there. Now let's talk about the mycotox test. At the same time that you get your oat done, if you're concerned about mold, you will also want to get the mycotox test done. And you can order that in the same place on my store, on my shop. These two tests can be ordered together as a combo and completed with one urine sample at home with an easy test kit. Great Plains Labs mycotox test screens for 11 different mycotoxins from 40 different species of mold. And it is the most comprehensive and competitively priced mycotoxin test available on the market. The mycotox test detects lower levels of fungal toxins than many other mold tests, so it really is the best choice for accurately determining your level of mold contamination, as well as for ongoing assessment of the efficacy of your chosen treatments. 
many different mold toxins, mycotoxins, can be produced by the strains of mold that are evaluated by the mycotox test. This test provides the most extensive coverage available, allowing us to detect almost all mold exposures. The following mycotoxins are tested for by the Great Plains Labs mycotox test. Aflatoxin. This is a mycotoxin produced by a different species of the genus Aspergillus. Aflatoxins are some of the most carcinogenic substances in the environment. Aflatoxin can be found in beans, grains, nuts, seeds, and the milk, eggs, and meat from animals fed contaminated feed. This is a great reason to avoid CAFO animal foods, as well as grains <laughs> and beans. And aflatoxin can cause many health problems, including liver damage, cancer, mental impairment, abdominal pain, hemorrhaging, coma, and even death. Aflatoxin has been shown to inhibit immune function, and the toxicity of aflatoxin is increased in the presence of the mycotoxins ocrotoxin and zearalanone, which we'll talk about in a minute. Ocrotoxin is a nephrotic, immunotoxic, and carcinogenic mycotoxin, meaning that it is damaging to the kidneys and the immune system and can cause cancer. It is produced by molds in the aspergillus and penicillium families. Exposure happens primarily through contaminated foods, particularly grains, but also grape juice, wine, dried fruit, spices, and coffee, and dairy products from animals who have consumed contaminated feed. Exposure to ochratoxin can also come from inhalation exposure in water-damaged buildings. Ocrotoxin can lead to kidney disease and adverse neur neurological effects. And studies have shown that ocrotoxin can cause significant oxidative damage to multiple brain regions and the kidneys. Then there's sterigmatocystin. Sterigmatocystin. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. That's a lot of syllables. But it's a mycotoxin that is closely related to aflatoxin, and it's produced from several types of mold, including aspergillus, penicillium, and bipolaris. It's carcinogenic, particularly to the cells of the GI tract and the liver, and it is often found in damp carpets. It's also a contaminant of many foods, including grains. Are you hearing this theme here? <laughs> a lot of grains are contaminated with a lot of different kinds of mold and as well as spices, coffee, soybeans, pistachio nuts, and again, dairy products from animals who have consumed contaminated feed, which is very common with CAFO animals. Those are concentrated area feeding operation animals. Another good reason to avoid those. And uh, you can learn more about that in my um, articles on that topic. Check out my blog. The toxicity of uh, STG affects the liver, kidneys, lungs, and immune system. Oxidative stress becomes measurably elevated during STG exposure, which causes a depletion of antioxidants, such as glutathione, particularly in the liver, making it more difficult for our bodies to clear toxins of all kinds. And that causes a whole host of other problems all by itself. Then there's roridin. 
which is produced by multiple mold genera. And it is frequently found in buildings with water damage, but it can also be found in contaminated grains. This is a very toxic compound. Even low levels of exposure can cause severe neurological damage, immunosuppression, endocrine disruption, meaning hormone problems, cardiovascular problems, and gastrointestinal distress. Bad news. Another one that's really bad news is verocarin. And this is similar to Oridin in that it comes from multiple molds, frequently found in buildings with water damage and in contaminated grain. And it's very toxic, causing similar problems as Roridin. Next up is eniotin. Eniotin. And this is a fungal toxin produced by the molds of the Fusarium species. These species are common grain contaminants. And grains in many different countries have been found to be contaminated with high levels of eniotin. The toxic effects of eniotin are due to its impairment of our mitochondrial function, which has then many widespread detrimental health effects. Then, and then we've got zeorelinone, which is a mycotoxin that is produced by the molds Fusarium and Gibberella. It has been shown to be hepatotoxic, hematotoxic, immunotoxic, and genotoxic meaning it's damaging to the liver, blood, bone marrow, immune system, and DNA. Zeralinone is commonly found in grains throughout the U.S., Europe, Asia, and Africa. Zeralinone has hormone-disrupting effects, and exposure to it can lead to reproductive system harm. It can also result in immune system impairment through damage to the thymus and spleen, which leads to increased susceptibility to many other diseases, including infections. And we've got gliotoxin. Gliotoxin is produced by the mold aspergillus and possibly also by candida. Aspergillus infiltrates the lungs and evades the body's defenses by releasing glutoxin, which then inhibits the immune response and can lead to the worsening of existing bacterial, viral, and parasitic infections, which then further weakens the body. Glutoxin exposure can also lead to multiple neurological syndromes. And next is mycophenolic acid, which is produced by the penicillium fungus and is an immune suppressant. Mycophenolic acid exposure can increase the risk of opportunistic infections, including clostridia and candida. And it is associated with miscarriage and congenital malformations when the woman is exposed in pregnancy. Dehydrocitrinone is a metabolite of citronin, which is a mycotoxin that is produced by the mold species Aspergillus, Penicillium, and Monascus. Citronin exposure can lead to nephropathy, damaged kidney function, because of its ability to increase permeability of the mitochondrial membranes in the kidneys. So it makes the kidneys more vulnerable. The three most common exposure routes are through ingestion, inhalation, and skin contact, and citronin causes a suppression of the immune response, which a lot of mycotoxins have that uh, aspect, that they are immune suppressing.
And then finally, we've got cetoglobosin, which is produced by the mold Chetomium globosum, which is commonly found in homes that have experienced water damage. Up to 49% of water-damaged buildings have been found to have chitomium globosum, which is highly toxic, even at minimal doses, and it has no smell most of the time. So you can have this in your house and not be aware of it except by symptoms or by testing. So next steps. Part of why I wanted to go over all that detail with you about the testing and what it means and what these mycotoxins can do to you is to help you understand not only what testing can tell us, but also to emphasize the potential seriousness of mold exposure and the many damaging effects that it can have so that if there's any chance that this is an issue for you, that you look into it and address it sooner rather than later. Mold exposure is very common, and it's it's an underlying issue for so many people. Um, and we just, you know, it isn't really talked about, so we don't know. So I want you to know this is uh, this is a big lever that you can pull if this is um, an issue for you. So, what's next? Once you decide to have these tests done, the organic acids test and the mycotox test, and you've gotten your results then what you want to do is have a consult with me. I can walk you through exactly what your results mean and formulate a comprehensive treatment plan for you based on your results. If you're an existing patient of mine, you can schedule yourself a consultation to discuss your results by going to dremilyfranklin.com services. Or if you haven't done the testing yet and would like to discuss which tests would be best for you, because maybe there's others that would be even better for you than these two. I'm happy to consult with you and advise you on that as well. And if you aren't a patient of mine yet, but you would like to be, you can schedule yourself a free initial phone call with me to discuss your situation and see if we're a good fit for each other. Then, if you test positive, for mold and mycotoxins, you know, if you do the oat and the mycotox tests and you test positive, the next step after consulting with me and getting a treatment plan is to investigate your surroundings to answer this crucial question. Where did your mold exposure come from? At this stage, if you don't know the source of your mold exposure and you suspect it could be from your current home or work environment, then mold inspection of your home and or office is highly recommended. So to learn more about testing your home or office, check out my next article and podcast, Mold Testing Your Environment. And until then, until next time, eat well, be well, and enjoy.